In the name of the one holy and undivided Trinity, amen. Please be seated. So if you were like me this morning when you walked into the church and realized that we are celebrating the baptism of our Lord, thoughts might have drifted back to your own baptism. What was I thinking when I was about to get baptized? What was Jesus thinking about when he was about to get baptized? Hold on, wait a minute. If Jesus was the Son of God, why did he have to get baptized? This past Thursday, the church celebrated the Feast of the Epiphany. Now, the word epiphany can quickly be defined as a sudden moment of revelation or insight. That revelation is that God becomes incarnate through his Son, Jesus, and is made to us through the actions of the wise men. Epiphany is that day in which we remember the wise men making their way to a young baby Jesus lying in a manger to present this new king with the gifts of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. These Gentiles come scripturally to reveal to us who Jesus is. Today in our gospel reading, that truth is affirmed for us in Jesus' baptism. As I mentioned earlier, when I began to think about our celebration this morning, I couldn't help but think of my own baptism. Now, I've probably mentioned before, I grew up going to First Baptist Church in Selma, so there was no infant baptism. And if we wanted to get baptized, one had to answer the altar call. And that came at every service. Now, I know this is supposed to be a mature decision that one makes, but all I can remember is I didn't want to make that walk by myself down that long aisle that seemed to run a mile down to the pastor. This decision and action seemed routine, but for a 12-year-old, having to do this with everyone watching was mortifying. My brother, however, later decided he wanted to get baptized too because friends of his were beginning to get baptized as well. I must confess the fact that he wanted to make the plunge, pun intended, and that I had someone to make that long walk with me finally allowed me to muster the courage to get baptized. Now, as much as I would like to tell you that my decision to get baptized was a great moment of epiphany for me, I don't know that peer pressure is not the strangest thing that God has ever worked in and through to accomplish his purposes. So why is Jesus' baptism so important? Why do we celebrate it this morning? This feast is always celebrated on this first Sunday after the Epiphany. Because this is the moment that when what has been revealed to us by the wise men is now being affirmed for us by God. As the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus like a dove, and that voice that comes down from heaven proclaims, You are my Son, 
the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. First of all, why does Jesus need to get baptized? I mean, after all, God just called him his son. I think it is important to realize that what Christians, that Christians did not start this practice and that what John the Baptist was doing was not Christian baptism as we know it today. Jesus was just beginning his ministry. So Christianity as a faith did not exist. In the Jewish tradition, tevelah is a full body immersion into a mikvah or a ritual bath for the purpose of ritual cleansing for various reasons. I think it is also important to know that to be ritually unclean is not the same as to be sinful. So this practice for the Jewish people, of which John was a member, would not have had the same meaning that it has for many of us today. Throughout the history of the church, baptism has been that proverbial membership card into the body of Christ. And misuse of this sacrament as a determining factor in salvation has given the institutional church many opportunities throughout history to take advantage of those whom it has been called to serve. And these misuses and the theologies and differing views on them led to divisions within the church over its more than 2,000 year history. These divisions over time have yielded the evolution of various denominations such as our own. Now, I do believe that baptism washes away our sin but I think we need to take a closer look at what sin is before starting down that path of using baptism as a judgment tool. As Episcopalians, we have a wonderful resource to help us with our theology. In our Book of Common Prayer, if you turn to page 858, you will discover that you are in the Holy Baptism section of our catechism. And in this section, we learn that baptism is a sacrament and that it adopts us into the body of Christ known as the church. This sacrament is marked outward and visibly in the water and inward and spiritually through our union with Christ in his death and resurrection and birth into God's family, the church, through our forgiveness of sins. We also baptize infants so that they can also share in that covenant through membership with Christ. And in the Episcopal Church, we recognize one baptism per the Apostles and Nicene Creed in which we say we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. Which is to say that if you come to us from another tradition, we will recognize your baptism. Within our Episcopal tradition, I've seen baptism celebrated within various contexts. And for not only infants, but for those who come seeking later in life. And while baptism quite often is celebrated over a font in the church, I too have seen them performed in rivers, in lakes, and gulfs. Whether a person has water poured over their head or they are immersed in a body of water, when baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
one is considered baptized into the body of Christ and into the universal church within our Episcopal tradition. This language of community and membership is important to us because the washing of way of sin is not about giving us a do-over after we've made mistakes, but rather it's about removing sin, probably more appropriately to say is said to restore our relationship with God. When Jesus encounters John the Baptist and asks him to baptize him to fulfill what was prophesied, I don't think it was to wash away sins or restore relationship. Jesus is without sin, which is to say he was in full relationship with his father. I don't think that's what needs to happen. No, I think that when the voice comes down from heaven to affirm that Jesus is the son of the father and the one in whom he is well pleased, God is affirming he is reestablishing his relationship with us, his beloved creation. The wise men affirmed for us who Jesus was on Thursday as we celebrated the Feast of the Epiphany. As we continue to move through this season after the Epiphany, our lectionary through the Scripture will continue to reveal for us who Jesus is and what God seeks to accomplish through humbling himself to become man. When I was 12, I had no clue what I would be doing in my 20s, much less that in my 40s, I would sense a call to ministry. Nothing is accidental for God, though. And while often it takes reflection, serious contemplation for us as humans to see where God is acting and maybe what he is doing, God is constantly working in our lives. It was the human emotion of peer pressure that led me to the waters of baptism but it was all God working in that sacramental act. This morning in our scripture, Jesus is participating in a ritual. It signifies not only who he is, but also the beginning of his mystery. And for us as humans, our journey through the baptismal waters signifies not only our entrance into the body of Christ, into the church, but also signifies Jesus welcoming us into relationship with him and into his ministry. It is not baptism that is the result of our decision to become a member of the body of Christ, but rather it is the ministry that results as we become the hands and feet of Christ in the world through those baptismal waters and the beginning of our journey with Christ. Amen.